welcome again to Sozo Studio in the home of Kevin and Sarah Zahn. And we're excited to be here with the latest Red River Scripture Circle podcast. As usual, I am Sean, and I am here today with three very special guests. Um, my wife, Julie. You want to say Julie? Hi. Hello. Yes. And, uh, and our good friends, U.S. and Steph Jones. You guys want to greet us? Hi. <laughs> and I'm U.S. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is awesome to have you guys here today and to finally be getting around to this study that I've been wanting to do for a while, but um, it's just today it's working out. Mm-hmm. And so we're here. Yay! And um, we're here and we're talking Hanani. And uh, Julie, would you give us just a little introduction to Hanani? Um, well, Hanani is one of the Hebrew words that kind of rocked my world and has consistently rocked. It just continues to keep rocking my world. <laughs> and um, it was probably one of the first or probably the second time, I think, Noah was here. And um, it was just like this teaser at the end of a study. And we didn't even get to unpack it. But um, at that time, and since I've been in a number of studies with that word, but um, Oh, it just has this deep, rich um, meaning that goes far beyond what and just reaches into so many areas of my life. So I'm super excited. This is one of my my passionate words I'm passionate about. Yeah. Awesome. And Steph, how about you? What's your first uh, thought about Hanani? Where did you first hear it? Um, I think I first heard it when... U.S. was talking about uh, what he wants to do and if he wanted to leave school and what God was leading him into. And we learned about um, how it's something that where you say yes, even though you don't know. And so it was kind of like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's a jump. Yeah. <laughs> U.S.? Um, I just remember being in Ethan, uh, Amazon's, uh, and, uh, Cody, they're just their kitchen and being told by Noah and Steph, oh, he said it again. Oh, he, he said it again. Just as I was telling them that I decided to leave school and I wanted to be able to take part more in the scripture circles and in the uh, community, our, our church. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So Julie, if we're going to talk Hanani here, which is kind of your topic number one when it comes to Hebrew. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we find ourselves at? Well, I really, I guess I start in Exodus 3. That's where I was first introduced to the word and kind of unpacked it there. Mm-hmm. So I like to go there um, first. And so we're talking about the Moses and the burning bush. It's in that scene where this word pops up. Yeah, so a little bit of background. We've got Moses. He's advanced in years. He's certainly not a a young man at this point. Um, And he's been raised in Egypt, Mm -hmm. murdered somebody, ran into the desert, been dwelling there for years as a shepherd, and here he is out tending the flock, and he sees a bush burning which is not unusual, but what is unusual is that the bush is not consumed. Right. 
And mm. That's a whole study. That's a whole other study. <laughs> yeah, that was the first one that blew my mind. Uh-huh. Is it? Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> and so here's here he is. What was your, I'm just, yeah. side note, but what oh. was your big takeaway from that? Well, so living in North Dakota, bushes don't just burn. Oh, right. Like, spontaneously. And so the fact that Noah told us that, you know, in that, in the desert, it, it has this oils and, and it just catches fire and that's how it spreads its seed. I was like, what? Because <laughs> I always just thought, oh, it's burning. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my moment. <laughs> yeah. And seeing the sacred yeah. in the normal, yeah. the natural. Yeah. For me, it was when uh, it was pointed out that uh, it wasn't until Moses actually said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not consumed, until he turned aside and basically, uh, you could almost say, went all in at that moment, yeah. that he uh, he, forsake, he forsook his identity as a shepherd and turned towards God, that then that was when God spoke to him and not before. You say went in all in at that moment. Can you speak to that a little bit more, kind of elaborate on that? Well... M- Moses at this point was a shepherd. He kept the flock of, I believe, Jethro, his father-in-law, and that was who he was. That was his livelihood. That was how he provided for his family. That was who he was at that moment. And so he has a choice between continuing to be that person or turning toward something something unknown, something that maybe perhaps he felt deep inside that God was tugging him towards. And so he had to turn and leave who he was, and uh, just basically walk into an unknown, a big question mark. Right, to turn and walk towards a burning bush is like bad shepherding. (laughs) 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 It's like, dude, you don't want sheep near burning objects. You shouldn't take your eyes off your sheep Mm -hmm. and go towards this bush. I mean, there's just a lot of things. Or lead them to it. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> Lots of little puffballs going up in flame. <laughs> yeah, so that's inter- so his journey, that turning from what he was doing to provide for his family. Yeah. And to go see this something that's unusual. Mm-hmm. One might say a burning question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So verse 4, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses says, Hineni. In our, in, our, in our Bibles, it usually says something like, here I am. Mm-hmm. But it's in Hebrew, it's one word, and the word is hineni. Um, and the word is so much richer than just here I am. Um, it's really kind of what U.S. was alluding to. I'm in before I know what I'm all in for. Mm-hmm. So it's not a word that should be taken super lightly. No, and we have the advantage of kind of seeing what where Moses, where his life goes, right? Yeah. And so what do we know is coming? Mm-hmm. Basically, I would say uh, Moses is about to become Moses. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the Moses we all think about, not the shepherd, not the Egyptian. Not the failed revolutionary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 
and he doesn't know what do, what are some things I guess what I think about is what are some things he doesn't know that's coming well he doesn't know there's a red sea splitting coming <laughs> no and that there's going to be all these whining people mm. that he's going to try and lead for 40 years of whining <laughs> To me, it's, uh, it's got kind of a, a deeper meaning because Moses, from an early age, uh, he tried before he left Egypt to mm-hmm. free his people. That was something that was very, uh, a very integral part of his identity. And he, who knows, he, here he is in the shepherd. He's in the desert for 40 years. He's a shepherd. And at this point, he might have said, okay, I'm a family man. I've given up on that dream. Mm-hmm. I don't expect to see it again. I need to put it out of my mind. I need to provide for my family. And I need to serve God as best I know how. And this is it. This is, this is who I am. And to have that come back into his life, it's like, well, I, I thought we'd already closed the book on that. Which I think that that speaks to another piece that we don't have any guarantees when we say Hanani. There's no guarantee that that which we had hoped for or thought about or tried to bring about in our own strength before is going to come back to us. We're simply in for what we will see. And yet in that moment of saying he's all in, the wheels are already spinning to bring into fruition all the things that he had anticipated, but in a way maybe that he didn't anticipate. Yeah. There's a piece, too, about uh, God. Uh, it's translated uh, about um, the Lord. Uh, he, if, if you make him your focus, I forget the verse. What is it? Mm. Trust in the Lord with all, all your heart. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Or there was another one. Um, Proverbs about, uh, 3. Getting, yes, the yeah. desires of your heart and yeah. how that's translated. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's another good study. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that, that one's for maybe podcast ne- next one. <laughs> um, but so you guys have just, you're kind of in the midst of a Hinani experience. And so what was kind of going through your head, stuff when... <laughs> U.S. is thinking about quitting school. Um, so when he was talking about it, I was like, okay, we'll have to move. And so I started looking for apartments <laughs> and, um, and just kind of like, oh, what does that mean? What are we going to do? We just moved. Oh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> um, but I was excited because I knew that that wasn't where he was supposed to be and that wasn't what God had for him because he was toiling away and it was like nothing is coming of this right and we're missing out on things that are for God you know and mm-hmm. just was all wrapped up in that mm-hmm. see now I have to thank God twice here once for a wife who realized that when I quit school okay we can no longer continue living here because <laughs> I completely missed that <laughs> housing student housing doesn't work anymore when you're not a student yeah yes and for a wife who was wise enough to know that i was expending my strength somewhere where god didn't want us to be uh, probably before i in the midst of my toil i came to that realization god kind of had to clothesline me and drag me to a halt before mm-hmm. that happened 
It's a painful process, right? <laughs> yeah. It is. It is, but it's it it beats the alternative, I right. will say. Yeah. We kind of see some of that here with Moses, don't we? I mean, he's um, not the most at the ready. God's kind of taking him kicking and screaming through a cheese grater sideways to actually <laughs> go down to, go back to Egypt, right? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Moses was kind of like that through his whole life. He's like, no, I can't speak God. No, I can't do that. Right. He got the well, wrong guy. Try, yeah, try someone exactly. else. <laughs> yeah. I know this guy, Aaron. <laughs> He'd be awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I think it would be fun to Unless you guys had other thoughts on Moses, but I thought it'd be fun to kind of bounce back to where we see it earlier in the passages and kind of unpack where we're seeing it in Genesis, going back to Abraham. Mm -hmm. So that's Genesis 22. Mm -hmm. When you were talking about that Hineni is a much deeper meaning, um, I just thought, like, usually when we read, here I am, it's like, oh, I'm over here. Yeah. You know, like. That's true. And so, yeah. It just It's like a kid, if you're hollered for a kid, hey, yeah. where are you? I'm over here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's fun to think it's much different. And right. Even though he didn't know what he was saying, that that's what he said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had no idea what was coming. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So, Genesis 22:1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham, saying to him, "Abraham, Hineni," he replied. Then God said, "Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about." So, here he is saying, "Hineni." And then God says, take... <laughs> Worst fear ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, you wouldn't even fear that. I mean, you wouldn't even think no, to def- imagine a fear that big. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't even, especially when you think of God, most of the time we think of God as a loving God, a just God, not a God Me? offering <laughs> our <laughs> child God. Yeah. It's amazing, though, how many times in the Bible you'll see that God takes somebody in the, in the Scripture that we would say is a hero, and he basically brings them face-to-face with their worst fear and yeah. gives them the victory over it in the end. But first, uh, there's, there's a, like with Moses, you have to turn. There's a Hineni moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's a couple pieces that are interesting here in this first time we're seeing Hineni is that um, Abram, Abraham's name means father of nations. And we're, and he waited so many years to finally have this son, the fulfillment of who he is. <laughs> and now he goes, I'm all in God. Before I know what I'm all in for, I'm yours. And then God goes, offer up your son. <laughs> what? Yeah. Right? I think it's important to note here that many of the translations use the word sacrifice your son but it's it's not the word sacrifice in the hebrew it's the word offering and the the distinction there is that 
sacrifice would would bring the end, would be the de- to, to kill something. But offering is to hold this thing with an open hand, mm. to release your grip on this thing. And I think that's a an important thing to 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 make distinction there that God isn't saying go kill your son. He's saying let go of your son, hold your son with an open hand, let me do my thing with your son, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And to that he's he's saying Hanani God. Yeah. And it does say in the verse before that this is a testing for Abraham. Absolutely. It's not um, so much about Isaac, it's really more about what's going on in Abraham's heart and is he really willing? I mean, this would, would take it down to the deepest essence of who Abraham is. Mm-hmm. And are you even willing in the deepest of this to give me, offer up your son to me? Well, and how many times do we have experiences like that in our own life where there's something that we really want, really mm-hmm. love, really want to hang on to, and God is saying, let go of that. Okay, so that can I do application? Absolutely, here? riff on that. As you're saying that at that very moment, I'm in the middle of wrestling with. Um, I would love to be teaching scripture circles more full time. Right. And so we've been talking that back and forth, but I'm currently teaching in a middle school, and I've just been asked to come back next year and teach another year in middle school. And so, am I willing? <laughs> to whole offer up to God what I would like to do and let him dictate the timing and the place and orchestrate all those details and do what he puts before me, or will I fight it and try and make it happen in my own strength? It really, it really <laughs> speaks again to that idea of, it really speaks again to that idea of um, have nothing in your face that's blocking your face to face with God, right? And so, whatever it is, it can be great things. It can be, it can be promised things. It can be like like Abraham. It can be the promise of the future that right. God has promised through this child. Let go of that. Right. I mean, this is the, Isaac is a miracle in his actual birth and life, and so it's actually a gift from God. And are we willing to even in that? Be willing to keep, continue to offer that up to him mm-hmm. and be in that. And let's not forget that Abraham was married. Was he willing to face the wrath of Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> you notice he doesn't ask her counsel on this deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the boy. We're going to offer some sacrifices to God, right? <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think a piece here that um, – is is so closely related to Hineni because we see it again in the story of Joseph where, um, or Jacob and Joseph and that interaction there. We see Hineni again. But the word, um, the son in whom you love, the word love there is ahav, and that's the first time we actually see love in the scripture. And this word for love. Right. The theme is there, but the word appears here. Boom. Right. This yeah. is the so – yeah, we've seen the, um, the – yeah, the theme of love, but this is the very first time 
we see the word love, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting that it's not between Adam and Eve. It's not between Abraham and Sarah or, you know, it's not a romantic love, um, but it's actually a love between a father and a son. Well, if you think about it and you take it all the way back to the beginning, in the beginning was God and in the beginning was that love between the father and his son. Right. So, I don't know, I guess he's recreating it here on earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there are a number of there are a number of scholars who write to that idea of God as a loving community outside of time. You know, the Outside of time, God exists as a community of love, uh, the Father, the giver of love, the Son, the receiver of love, the Spirit, the means by which that love is extended. And that is exacting outside of time. Um, so here it is. You know, Now it's coming into creation, now it's coming, and it's coming into creation in that relationship of Father to His Son. But maybe even more, a, a, a human to their intended purpose by God. And will I lay that down? So, Julie, you you bring up uh, Jacob and Joseph. So that's that's Genesis thirty-seven. Yeah. And ju- to me, that's a that brings so much clarity to this conversation mm-hmm. um, with the father and the son. I, I, I've often said I, I would have loved to have been a fly around the fire those nights leading up to Jacob telling Joseph to go see to the peace of his brothers. And what kind of a conversation was that? Because like Isaac, Joseph seems to be a willing participant in what looks to be a suicide mission or a, you know, the end of them. Right, because we, we already know that the, the brothers hate him and they've, um, they can speak no word of unity or kindness to him. No shalom at all. No. Yeah. And so he he's aware of that, and his dad's aware of that. I think when I used to read this passage, I used to think, Dad must be oblivious. <laughs> you know? But it's interesting now, now understanding Hineni, and what is Hineni, what is Joseph really, or what is Jacob really asking of Joseph? And th- that's the whole, I mean, that's the summation of Genesis but not only Genesis, it's, it's, it's the summation of the whole book, right, from Genesis to Revelation, is that willingness to lay down what looks like the future right. for the sake of something, of redeeming that which looks unredeemable. And yet Abraham does it with Isaac, Jacob does it with Joseph. God does it with Jesus, mm-hmm. and thankfully, thankfully, these people are willing to do this. Right. And likewise, Isaac and Joseph and Jesus are all willing participants in this. They, they don't fight this. They see this as Hanani. I'm, I'm already in. It's not something I'm reading on now. Right. I'm all, it's pushing all your cards in and going, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. Before I know what I'm all in for. Yeah. yeah. And it, not every time that we see Hineni is there God asking, uh, offering up a a son like Samuel. Right. For Samuel. 
Um, that that's we see Hineni there when he's a small boy. And yet we kind of see that in Samuel, in that his mother says, "If you will give me a son, I will give him back to you." Right. That's so there true. there is this yeah. there is this element of yeah. All in. All in. She she was all in. Mm. Mm. So this has been a this has been a great discussion. But maybe um, what's a what's a lasting thought or a, maybe a takeaway or a nugget from our guests here today? Well, I always like to look at the Bible as a source of comfort in that. I may be going through something. To me, it's uh, it's a change in paradigm. It shakes my whole world. But it's nice to know that um, even though God is perfect and He never does anything wrong, He has experience with people stepping out in faith, and that He's that gives me even more reason to trust Him and not just trust Him, but even to anticipate. Oh boy, what's about to happen here? Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been thinking about how Hineni is what God wants from us, um, no matter who we are, mm. and that's what our relationship should look like with him. And um, I, I was thinking about it, and I was like, I feel like just every day is Hineni, you know, because even though we may say, like, yeah, I'm ready for this, we don't know what's going to happen, and things change, and you know, that change is inevitable. And so just, uh, yeah, just that, like Mm -hmm. being ready for whatever all the time. Right. Yeah, it's just, um, when I first was introduced to this concept, um, it really felt like I'd put his thumb on a, a space in my heart that I was not, wanting to give up to him. And it took me a good solid couple of weeks wrestling with it um, before I could honestly say, okay, and this was um, beginning of last summer, I think. So it's been over a year, I think. I think because it would have been the second time Noah was here. And um, and then and so once I was able to go, okay, God, I'm all in. I don't even know what you're asking of me, but I know from the stories <laughs> <laughs> your asks are big. Yes. And so I, um, and we've had a really challenging season since then, mm-hmm. but we've also seen some really beautiful things. And so it's kind of a, um, I feel like we're in the midst of this living this word. And this concept, uh, which is super exciting and terrifying, all wrapped up in one. Dream <laughs> of control. Right. It's scary. Yeah. That idea that he brings beauty from ashes, that he has broken us, that he has torn us, but that he will heal us, that he will mend us, that he will redeem us, is so powerful. Yeah. But it really, for me, this always speaks right back to the garden with the two trees, the tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and God saying, eat of any of the trees. <laughs> Just trust me. But so don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't have to know the end from the beginning. Don't have to know what's right for yourself. Just trust 
me and Hanani, just walk with me. Hmm. And how oftentimes we like like uh, Canaan or like uh, Adam and Eve <laughs> insist on reaching out for ourselves. Well, I'm with you, God. I'm all with you as long as I know what I'm all in for. Right. And that is not Hanani. <laughs> that no. is not obedience. That is not trust. It, yeah. And I've said often, God, if you would just write it on the wall, this would make it a lot easier to know what <laughs> I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah, it would. Yeah. yeah, if I could just be involved in the uh, planning and the uh, thought process, just show <laughs> me where you're going with this and uh, right. put it in terms that I can understand it. Uh, dumb it down a little <laughs> bit for me. And yeah. Um, and I'll then we'll negotiate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the truth. Uh-huh. And yeah. I'll help you tweak it so yeah. I like it better. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, U.S. and Steph and Julie. So good to have you guys in on this conversation. And until next time. Yeah, thank you, Thank Sean. you for joining Absolutely. us today. Our production was handled by Cody Qualley. You can remain a part of the discussion by emailing us at redriverscripturecircles.com, by calling 701-404-9318, or find us on Facebook at Red River Scripture Circles.